African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Channel Africa, thank you for joining us on our platform, DSTV Channel 802 on .audio bouquet. And uh, if you stream us international on our website, our international uh, platform is on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're zooming into South Africa today. The country's president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has signed the Political Party Funding Act into operation uh, from the April uh, 1st this year. Uh, the NC has been among parties that complained that the act would cripple the governing party and had called on the law to be sent back to parliament for fine-tuning. But that will not be happening because already the president of the country is pleased with the act as it is. The act requires political parties and independent candidates to keep clear records of donations exceeding the prescribed threshold in any given financial year. Helping us on this, we joined by the head of of the political funding unit in the Independent Electoral Commission. Uh, George Mahlangu is uh, joining us uh, today. Grant Masterson is also with us, who is a program manager at the African Peer Review Mechanisms uh, Department within the Electoral Institute for Sustainable Democracy Africa. Last but not least, we have from the Department of Political Sciences at the University of South Africa, uh, Professor Kjallebo let me start with you, George. Thank you for giving us your time. Am I clear on your side? Yes, I can hear you, Benjamin. Fantastic. Now, let's look around this particular political party funding act. Uh, for a layman, what is it and how does it actually change the landscape of um, uh, the political sphere in our country? Yeah, thank you, Benjamin. Good morning uh, to yourself, Grant, and, and the prof. Um, Benjamin, this legislation is a historical development, you know, in a country, in a sense that uh, um, donors who may have intention to put money into the coffers of the political party to impair the independence uh, or the sovereignty of the country um, won't happen uh, anymore. Basically, what does this mean is that uh, all political parties, um, mostly who are represented uh, at both national and provincial legislatures, are going to be expected to disclose uh, who their funders are. And, and of course, they are thresholds there are amounts that have been, you know, set aside by the presidential regulations on what must be disclosed and what must be disclosed. So, and the citizens and the civil society in the country would know um, who is funding these political parties um, so that, you know, when they vote, they vote knowing exactly, you know, whether what has been uh, brought before them something that the political parties, mm. you know, will deliver on. I, I don't want to go into too detail because I think as time goes by, 
uh, there, are, there are further questions that I need to deal with. All right. Let's look at this particular issue of threshold in terms of uh, what is determining this particular threshold. Do we know more around this issue? Yes. There are do's and don'ts, uh, uh, Benjamin. Um, the, the political parties may not receive money from foreign government and foreign agencies. So meaning that um, uh, a political party may not receive money from USA government or US, USA, USAID, mm. you know, which is a government entity of a foreign, of, 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 of the United States government. Mm. Mm. They, may not, they are not allowed to receive things from that source. Uh, secondly, the un- political parties are not allowed to receive money from state-owned entities. Uh, uh, these are your, um, in, in the case of, 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 of South Africa, these are your ESCOM, um, these are your Transnet. Um, they are not allowed to receive, to receive money. Mm-hmm. They are not allowed, sadly, they are not allowed to receive money from organs of state. Organs of state, you know, we've got the executive, we've got judiciary, uh, we've got, you know, the department. So no department or no any, 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 any um, organ of state that receives money from the public is allowed to use that money, to use that money to donate to a, a political party. And, and lastly, of course, monies that are, you know, from, you know, crime-related activities, you know, are not, are not allowed to be received by the political parties. However, political parties can receive money from a foreign source to the tune of 5 million rands per annum. Mm. But that money can only be used for three things. It can't be used for any other thing. Mm. It, that money can be used for training. Mm. Um, it can be used for policy mm. development uh, of, a polit- of, 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 of a political party. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, those are the two things that I think the money uh, can, can be used for. It can be used for any other people, and it's limited to 5 million per annum. Well, thank and you for thresh- sure. Sure, no, go ahead, George. Sure. Yeah, the threshold, the money that must be disclosed by the political party uh, in a form of uh, donation is hundred thousand per annum. Anything above hundred thousand per annum, uh, it must be uh, disclosed to the commission because we must publish that mm. on quarterly basis. That's okay. the entry level. Okay. And then the maximum is 15 million. Mm. So any donor can exceed 15 million per annum. Any amount below 100,000, they must keep record of, but we do not have to disclose that as the commission. Okay. Thank you for assisting us understand uh, those um, um, issues because they're very central uh, to this um, uh, new development. Let me move on to you, Grant. Would you like to expound on any facet of this uh, act? Uh, firstly, Benjamin, let me say a happy 2021 to you. Nice to talk to you again. Yes, Feels we like are still here. We are still holding on, Grant. 
<laughs> <laughs> well done. And, and, and nice to be talking with the prof and with George as well today. Um, so let me start, uh, I think, at the, uh, at the uh, basic uh, point, which is that um, in, in any democracy, uh, one of the central principles that uh, we support as ISA and, and, and we believe is very important is the ability of the voter to make an informed choice when they go to cast their ballot. Mm. And I think that the Political Party Funding Act makes a very, very uh, progressive step in informing voters about something that is critical to possibly uh, whether or not they want to cast a ballot for a, polit- a political party, and that mm. is who is funding that political party. So I think this is a, a very, very exciting development, the fact that this is now an act, uh, and there are some very, very important and very positive developments uh, as, as a result of this. Um, I, I have mixed feelings because while I'm very excited at the fact that I believe that voters uh, will be more informed going forward as a result of the Political Party Funding Act, um, and that there are regulations now which govern a grey area which for too long has been a big problem in South Africa's politics, not, not just South Africa, it's been a problem around the world and there have been different solutions proposed and, and found for how to deal with it. But at the same time, there, there are some things that concern me. So hopefully we have time to talk about both. But certainly at, at, at the beginning, I think, let's just start with that idea that uh, from the principle of informed voting, this is, this is a very, very important development. The fact that the president has signed this into, into law uh, and the fact that this act now provides clarity on what is legally allowed and what is considered illegal or what is prescribed under the law. I think it's a very, very important development. Mm. Professor Mapunye, we know politically this has been a burning issue in terms of the subjective views of different political parties in South Africa. How does this change the trajectory? Thank you very much for inviting me and greetings to your panelists. Uh, even though I'm struggling to hear them. Um, uh, all I would like to say is that this changes uh, the trajectory differently for different parties. For the governing party, the African National Congress, uh, obviously uh, is a party that uh, you know, enjoys what you call incumbency in, in, in political you know, language, and therefore it will have to go back to the drawing board to look at ways and means through which it will ensure that it does not flout the provisions and uh, the conditions of this new act. Uh, you know, to ensure compliance, to ensure that its members, you know, um, uh, understand the letter and spirit of this act, and to ensure that, uh, you know, and I'm glad that you have somebody from the commission who can mm. explain, you know, some of these difficult ways like threshold and so on. When I was looking at this act, uh, just after it was signed, you know, I was struggling to find out exactly how it's going to be, um, you know, put into place. But with the commission, uh, the commission's, uh, you know, uh, input and assistance, I'm sure parties will be able to understand it much more. But uh, this is just, uh, I was just talking mostly on the African national side, Congress mm. side. But for, for, for different political parties, especially those which are uh, in the opposition space, uh, again, we have to differentiate because there are smaller parties, there are big parties like, uh, you know, bigger parties like the, the DA and so on. And it's going to affect them also differently. They, they are in, in the end, it's talking about uh, you know, having just uh, appoint, uh, auditing and establishing auditing mechanisms. Sure. I'm just, I was just wondering last night, yeah. the smaller parties that mm. have just come up, 
uh, which has been struggling even with the just keeping you know, a register of their members, how right. they are going to be going about this. But uh, yeah, in, in short, that, uh, uh, there will be different you know, um, um, effects on different parties, depending on the size of the party, depending on the uh, size of the pace of the party, the, in other words, the money that parties have always been able to amass before each and every election, and uh, you know, in, in order to be able to, to run itself as a machinery. Absolutely. I don't know, Professor Mapunya, I can hear you, but uh, you sound uh, very distant. I'm not sure if you're using a, a conference um, phone. Um, I don't know if you can utilize your, your headset rather than that conference setup. Maybe that's why you're also struggling to hear us. But I'd like us um, just to take a quick break and we'll come back to you, Professor Mapunye, because you raise a very uh, important considerations here, issues around political equity, uh, the big guns versus the smaller parties, and uh, how do those uh, rules actually create um, uh, systems of... um, uh, imbalances there, the possibility of that, and maybe the bigger parties have to make uh, more, um, uh, you know, submissions of uh, uh, their funding due to the fact of their size and their interests. Um, but uh, we'll look at those issues after our break. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NetLab to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussion have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were periods and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Yeah. 
Well, very interesting start of our conversation. Uh, we have George Mahlangu, Head of Political Funding Unit within the Independent Electoral Commission. He was unpacking some of uh, the key areas of uh, this newly signed Political Party Funding Act. It was signed by South Africa's uh, president and will be in effect from April 1st. There's a lot to understand around it. I, I know as journalists, sometimes we just move forward to uh, the political dimensions and implications, but it's very important for us to understand the act in itself before we really uh, move ahead very quickly in uh, uh, really our analysis at times, which can be premature and a bit too forward thinking. So we're just going to take a step back in this particular program to try and understand what this political party funding act means. And we also have Grant Masterson, program manager of the African Peer Review Mechanism uh, within the Electoral Institute for Sustainable Democracy Africa. And uh, from the University of South Africa, uh, who that is Professor Galebo uh, Hamapunya, who's within uh, the Department of Political Sciences. Let's come back to you, George. Before we look at the critical elements of this particular act, I want to establish in terms of the issues of managing this particular act, you know, who will make sure that it is adhered to? Will it be the commission? Issues around um, managing this particular act seem very complex indeed because issues of transparency will then take into effect. Yeah, thank you, Benjamin. The act doesn't grant us the policing power. Okay. Um but it grants us the management of 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 the implementation of this act. Okay, that sounds like uh, a, it, that it, sounds like a, a, contra- a contradiction there. Can you explain yeah, to yeah, us let, what that means? Let, let me explain to you what it means. Sure. Uh, if there's a transgression of the um, regulation, uh, um, we will do directions, and if the political party doesn't make amends, then the electoral court comes into the space. Okay. So so as the commission ourselves, our enforcement is limited to issue directions, is limited to withhold money, um, if it's supposed to be paid to the political party, uh, but it doesn't give us the investigation power. Okay. Because the, the, the books of the political parties are still to be audited by the auditors that uh, they are going to appoint themselves. But the the act is clear that the auditor must belong to a professional body. So we are not going to be able to do the auditing of the books of the political parties. So we are are more doing the management. But how are we going to do that? The Commission we have developed an, 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 an online party funding system. So this is where the political parties will, will the individuals and the political parties for business because their disclosures are going to be dual disclosure. If you, as Benjamin, decide to donate money to party ABC, mm-hmm. you must disclose and the party ABC must receive your donation and confirm. So it's a dual disclosure. Mm. Now that is going on online. 
So there, there won't be any paper exercise between the donor and 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 the recipient. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that we have done. Secondly, um, the regulations of uh, the management of this legislation uh, were done through various stakeholders. Sometime last year in August, we went to you know um, we went out. We were in in Cape Town. Uh, we invited all the stakeholders. They, we, we received more than 4,000 submissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, some submissions were detailed, some were just acknowledging the good steps that the country is taking. Mm-hmm. And then we used those submissions to develop the regulations which we're going to, which we're going to gazette uh, by the end by the end this week. So we will be guided by those regulations. We will use the online party funding system where the political parties will disclose and keep records. The political parties are expected to keep records of all income. When I'm saying all, I mm. even, I mean even up to 10 rands. When someone donates 10 rands, they must keep that income, but mm. not for disclosure purposes, but for record-keeping purposes. Now, we took a decision as a commission to develop this system so that we understand that political parties are not geared up to do such administration. Their business uh, is mainly, it's mainly you know, to deal with political will you know, of the people. Mm. But for us to win, we have to develop a system that the political parties will, will utilize to keep records and to disclose uh, the donations that would have made to, to themselves. And lastly, we've since um, uh, um, in, in November last year, mm. in anticipation of this stage of implementation, we've been training these political parties on the act, on mm. the regulations, and on the online party funding system, so that when the date kicks off, at least uh, they have some form of uh, understanding of how sure. they are supposed to comply with this legislation. Professor Mapunya, what are your thoughts on that, the fact that the IEC doesn't have um, any uh, investigative power that's been given by this Act? However, it's got some form of managerial uh, powers given to it. That seems like a a huge um, blur. You know, um, the IEC is an election management body that, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to the management of elections in the, co- in the country, is often uh, praised by other EMBs in the region and elsewhere in the continent. Um, and when uh, this act was mooted, and of course the, 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 there were issues around the management of this fund, mm. uh, as well as, uh, you know, related issues that, that uh, Mr. Uh, Masango has been talking about. There were fears, obviously, that uh, we hope that, uh, you know, it will only be dealing with the managerial or the management aspects thereof and not the enforcement to avoid, you know, uh, the IEC having to go into some murky waters whereby Mm -hmm. now it will have to be, you know, to use the gender term, policemen, you know, Mm -hmm. know there are policemen, women also, Mm -hmm. policemen over over parties. Mm-hmm. Which, if, if you look at the Electoral Act as it is currently, and then you look at the Electoral Commission Act, 
and all relevant legislation. The IEC is supposed to be focusing on the management of elections mm-hmm. and not policing parties and trying to ensure that they do compliance and so on, because it, it, it tends to, um, uh, it might overwhelm their resources, let mm-hmm. me put it that way. Mm-hmm. However, others in the continent said, no, 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 you South Africans, we know you, you are, you are running your elections very well, you've got a high-flying EMB such as the IEC. Um, um, they will manage not only the management of the funding issues, but mm-hmm. they will also manage in terms of the, comp- uh, the compliance, meaning the comp- policing. Uh, I am a little bit skeptical where I am with uh, that latter view. I, t- mm-hmm. I tend to agree with my, what Mr. Mashangu is saying. In fact, when I look at the Act, I see the Act is actually differentiating you know, the, uh, those issues. Uh, because now, there's, um, as you keep reading the Act, there's um, you know, the, um, the matter of the Electoral Act, which mm-hmm. comes in there when it comes to appeals and all those things. We, we hear about the Auditor General also coming in. Yes. So yes. Uh, these, uh, in my view, are mechanisms that are going to ensure compliance. And when it comes to those parties that are you know, not complying, where um, the Act talks about uh, you know, penalties and all those things, in my view, I don't think it is the space for the IEC. I think mm-hmm. this is more like the judicial space. And therein lies the, the beauty uh, of the South African system of, of uh, you know, separation of powers, whereby... Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that uh, the judiciary does its part, and so does the executive, and does, so does the legislature. The IEC somewhere, somehow has to be juggling in between those uh, three uh, you know, spheres, but still sticking to you know, its core mandate of managing elections. So in my view, I don't think uh, it is um, uh, something to worry about right now. You were actually right, spot on, when you said sometimes some of us political commentators and people who look at these things, who study these politics, whenever an act such as this one comes, we are quick to condemn it and uh, you know, uh, judge it and say it's not going to fly, it's going to fail. But I think we need to wait a little bit mm. and look at how the IEC is going to obviously um, uh, 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 deal with the act, implement it, make sure that it, it uh, deals with those provisions of the act, which are actually the purview of the IEC. And then leave the other, the rest of the other stuff for the um, these bodies that I've been mentioning, such as the the Auditor General, the um, uh, Electoral Court, and so on. Mm. In that case, you will you will then be able to to have an IEC that can actually deal handle this. Previously, there by the way, there's also the, um, uh, the other the other funds that they have mentioned, the Represented Political Parties Fund. The IEC, in my view, had done very well in mm. terms of administering that fund. So uh, I'm convinced that. If they can follow the very same um, effective and efficient style of management that uh, is very impartial, does not gun for parties simply because they are in the opposition uh, and leave the the governing parties such as what we have seen in in other parts of Africa. I think, uh, you know, um, this act, in my view, um, is a good start. And and other other countries in Africa, maybe even elsewhere in the world, will come and learn something from South Africa if if it succeeds. Mm. Grant, what are your thoughts on the issues of these whales that are going to um, guide this particular process, especially on this issue we're talking about on uh, provision of uh, these particular um, um, incomes of these different political parties? It's an issue of transparency and we know in this country i don't know if we can really trust our politicians at times and they're making these uh, um things so easily accessible to us the public well i think that the the, the act clarifies a whole bunch of things there so whereas as as you rightly say i think in south africa we have become very cynical and very jaded in trusting 
that politicians are going to disclose things that we feel should be in the public interest. The Act now clarifies what exactly must be disclosed, and for a party to fail to disclose this now comes with penalties, even in the most serious cases of contravention of the rules, up to a five-year penalty in terms of jail time. So it's, hmm. it's important that we have that clarity that these are the legal requirements now for disclosure. This is no longer a gray area, and that's very important. Okay. Um, I, I think I tend to agree with the professor. I am, I am perplexed in some ways as to the, the way in which this has landed on the desk of the IEC. Um, the IEC, exactly as the professor said, is an election management body, and it, it works very hard, and it, it faces huge complexities in delivering its electoral... Um, electoral mandate, and now we are adding an additionally complex and multifaceted responsibility to the ISD as well. So, so that is one of my concerns, and, and as I say, I'm a bit perplexed as to why specifically the IEC has been asked about this. You know, in South Africa, we have created all kinds of regulators to manage all sorts of things. I would have seen a, a, a possibility here of creating a new regulator very much in the, in the way that we've created regulators for all of these other elements of our democracy that could have stood on its own. Um, the potential for uh, the, the IEC to get embroiled in um, poten you know, potentially uh, sort of acrimonious exchanges with the political parties now does exist, particularly mm. when you consider that this is talking about funding. Uh, funding is the lifeblood of any organization. Political parties are no exception to that. And so now the IEC is playing a more active role in um, you know, managing and mediating the, um, the the lifeblood of political parties, I think that there is some potential to be a little bit cautious about what's going on there. One thing that we haven't talked about uh, very much, though, is, is what this act means for smaller political parties. Mm, and there's been absolutely. a really positive development there, uh, which is that uh, smaller parties can now expect uh, to see the amount of public funds made available to them to increase. A couple of the larger parties are going to take a hit, and I think that's possibly why the ANC and the DA are not terribly thrilled with the, the calculations that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw Paul Machatile was, was quoted recently saying that uh, he thinks that the amount of funding will need to go up. Um, uh, looking as, as the Treasurer General of the ANC, <laughs> he's clearly looking at the bank, the <laughs> bank balance and saying, oh dear. But for the smaller parties, I think this is a very positive development. Small parties yeah. typically struggle to get funding uh, for, for their activities. And, and when a party has good ideas but they lack funds, it's very, very difficult for them to uh, popularize their ideas and to, um, to campaign effectively, to, to share their ideas and to engage with the public because there's such a discrepancy between the large parties, which are typically better funded, and the small parties, which have no resources. Now, this is not going to be a silver bullet to fix that issue. But there's certainly positive developments in that regard. So I think that's another positive element that I would want to focus on in this particular act. Mm. I want to take that point that you make, Grant, back to George, because what makes uh, the IEC in South Africa very um, lauded and uh, celebrated all over the world is the, their impartiality, and they have mastered that. And now if they have to uh, meddle into these areas, uh, uh, does it actually um, taint um, that uh, reputation or that aspect of their work? George, what are your thoughts on that? Look, Benjamin, I 
you know, if if Grant and the Prof can set up political parties, I'll vote for them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll vote for them. Uh, look, the, the the legislation is at the doorstep of the Commission right now, and I think to maintain our independence, we must try to stick to the law to the latter. Okay. You know, um, if we do that, at least we've got something that will back us up in an event that uh, someone is pointing a finger, you know, uh, back at us. Uh, the prof did mention earlier on that we've been managing the, the represented political party funding. So this is the money that comes from the public press, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been distributing using um, a formula. Um, so, so now, um, what Grant was mentioning about why this being good for smaller parties is that the new legislation has revised the formula. So the previous or the current formula before the implementation of this new act, uh, the split is 90-10. 90-10 in a sense that 10% is equitable, so meaning that all the political parties get 10%. The residual of that total allocation, which is 90%, is shared according to the number of seats. So meaning that the parties with many seats get a bigger portion of that 90%. Now, this new political party funding act has revised that allocation to 67.3. So meaning that the the smaller parties who used to get uh, 10% are going to get 33% now, which is good for smaller parties, uh, at least uh, to to get more funding from 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 the public press. But one fund which hasn't been mentioned, Grant, which is a very progressive fund, which I think we must pay ourselves at the back for, for for coming with that idea. There's a new fund that is called Multi Democracy Fund. Now, what Multi Democracy Fund is going to be doing? It will receive contributions from various private sources, meaning that if you don't want to fund, to, to donate to a particular political party, but you want to fund democracy, you want to depend democracy in South Africa, you will put money into the multi-party democracy fund, which will be shared by all the parties that are represented at both these legislative houses. So in that sense, comes an open process uh, where you say, "I want to dampen democracy of the country. I don't want to go to. I don't want to choose party A or party B. I don't want to disclose who am I because when you when you when you contribute money into the fund, you may request to be anonymous mm-hmm. because you are not choosing a particular party, but you are you, you are you are contributing money to dem- to dampen democracy." Um, uh, in the country. So I felt that I should mention that because we've scanned around around the world, there isn't a, a fund or this. So I see this as a very progressive and transparent fund uh, which can be utilized by those who have got book, I mean, big pockets and who don't want to choose a particular political party. Mm. Well, let's sum up this conversation. We only have a few minutes left. Um, let me come to, to you, Grant. Just your, your final sentiments on, on, on this discussion. It is definitely a progressive move. Um, internationally, um, this could be uh, something that is leading most countries, even first world countries. Um, how important is this moment for South Africa 
And uh, in terms of, of this particular act, um, what does it mean for our democracy? It's, it's a, a very, very important move, and I completely concur with George. Uh, the the MMDF is a, is a very progressive uh, uh, idea. You know, in, in, in many ways, our donors, when they want to, to donate to political parties, have ended up uh, trying to avoid this uh, perception of bias and of favoritism, so they end up donating uh, amounts to several different parties. Mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, given the, the, the well-documented scandals with uh, political party funding in the last few years, yeah. uh, really donors have, have kind of withdrawn. They, they would rather not even have the appearance of giving money to political parties because the money is viewed as tainted. So this fund is, a, is, is key to unlocking money for our democracy, for political parties who are key actors in the electoral process. And so I, I completely concur with George. Very, very exciting. Um, you know, the Act has got a lot to recommend it. There are some things that uh, concern me as an expert in this area as well, uh, and there are certainly going to be some hurdles to to jump over. But I think all I can say is I wish the IEC well with this. Uh, I think it's it's an important development for South Africa's democracy. We are absolutely leading the way globally on this type Mm -hmm. of uh, legislation, and it's very good to see. Um, Professor Maponya, in just uh, 30 seconds, I'm going to give you um, just a few words to sum up our conversation. In just uh, um, my my concluding comments are that this is a very good step for democracy in South Africa, multi-party democracy. Uh, we still have to see the full manifestation of this act uh, for the local government elections this year, if ever they are going to take place. Uh, we hope they will, because uh, uh, elections have been taking place all over the world. Just yesterday, Portugal, you know, had an election, and uh, the, the, my, my, my also wish is that. In terms of the local government elections, I think the formula that uh, Mr. Mashangu was talking about, it also needs to be broken down. Because when I was going through the act, I did not see much in terms of, I saw much in terms of what you call NPE, National and Provincial Elections. Mm -hmm. But in terms of LGE, the local government elections, those municipalities and all those things, I didn't see much. The other question that I have, and maybe this we can take offline, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, because we are still going to continue discussing uh, the, the, the implications of this act now that it has been signed by the president is uh, the role of independence. Remember, the constitutional court has just given this, you know, um, uh, historic, you know, decision um, mm-hmm. um, 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 uh, um, a verdict, whereby with the, the, the idea of considering, or, or let me put it this way, the idea of not excluding, you know, independence from the political and democratic space. South Africa has to go back to the drawing board to make mm-hmm. sure that we accommodate this independence. So, how do they benefit from such funds? If at all, are they not going to benefit at all? Because if they are not, we can see possible, uh, possible legislation coming from this, this front. And mm-hmm. lastly, mm-hmm. Uh, the, my view is about uh, communi- um, um, civic and voter education. Absolutely. Clearly, South Africans, not only political parties, South Africans, all stakeholders that Mr. Mashamba was talking, uh, um, uh, was talking about, have got to be brought on board to mm-hmm. say, we now have a uh, you know, uh, uh, political party funding act, and these are the implications. And then 
there must also be whistleblowers who are not going to be victimized mm-hmm. if they see party A, you know, busy giving, uh, you know, uh, uh, bribes or paying bribes or whatever, or mm-hmm. maybe um, uh, 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 trying to uh, buy, you know, voters by buying them some maguena or some <laughs> in the Rama in, in the Union. Yes, we see this. Yes, thing, we uh, do. I'm uh, just uh, laughing because, you know what, we take we these things for lightly and this is an aspect of things that we'll have to expound upon in our next um, uh, sitting. So I'm very, very thankful and sure. positive so far. And like Grant and um, uh, George, I'm positive that uh, we are on a good step, but we need to give uh, the IEC and other policymakers space to ensure that you know this mm. act is implemented mm, efficiently and effectively and most importantly, impartially. Thank you so much, Prof Maponye. Thanks for giving us your insights alongside Grant Masterson. Uh, He's from the Electoral Institute for Sustainable Democracy of Africa. And uh, George Matlang was with us, joining us from the Independent Electoral Commission. Professor Maponye is from the University of South Africa. Thank you all for giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Benjamin. Thank you. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. 